When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And this freaking Ghanaian dude, and, and you know, and he gets angry for me. You know what? Happy <laughs> on Independence Day. That's what I'm going to say. Happy on Independence Day. What's going on, everybody? This is Talking Tetris Podcast. I am Jay. It's a look. I'm um, Hope. Hey, guys. How you doing? I'm your friend with the freshest trip. I am Carl What is it with you and haircuts? Do you know um, this guy, DeRay, um, from like Black Lives Matter? And he thinks that um, every time he gets a fresh haircut, it protects him from any trouble for 48 hours. Are you one of those kind of guys? Where like a, yeah. a, a fresh cut is the epitome of confidence? Yep. Yep, it's a plus 25 stat boost. <laughs> I'm going bald, so haircuts don't really work for me. So What is that? Is that hairline problems? You co- you go you come in Yeah, home? no, no. I've, I've, got, I've got a bit of a LeBron problem. So, yeah, like, me hair too. doesn't grow in a particular place, so <laughs> I can't have many haircuts. Hence, so I've got to have one boring, bald haircut. So My barber died. Not to bring the, the show down, but you've never felt pain and stress until the barber you've gone to for, like, eight years just dies out of the blue. That is my barber didn't die, but he uh, he quit barbering. He wanted to become a cab driver. So that, that's even him. worse. Like you're letting us down. Like and death is a good excuse. Like you just quitting on us. Just can't do it no more. Yeah, mm. and it was painful. Mm. Shout out to all the barbers out there giving people life. It's real superheroes. Real superheroes. All right, so we've talked about Arsenal on this podcast. I feel like for the last eight weeks consecutively, and I'm kind of sick of them to be honest. But when you don't start Sanchez, I don't think we can start anywhere else. Now, my theory about why one good enough, people are like, why is he playing Sanchez? Sanchez has to play. Blah, blah, blah. Well, I think the shots was that. Amazing. I'm impressed. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Now, my theory about why Wenger didn't play Sanchez is he was trying to prove a point with Ozil out that he didn't need either Ozil or Sanchez to beat Liverpool. Therefore, you guys like should sign the contract because I could win without both of you. That was my thinking at the beginning. And then it backfired after like, you know, the first 30 minutes where we figured out that Liverpool were just going to be dominant the whole game. That was going to happen. It was folly. Of course it was going to happen. Look, I told you, as soon as I saw Sanchez wasn't in there and I saw the, the team they had, I was like, you're having a laugh. <laughs> so, hey, you said 2-2. Two, two. Let's not oh, get this well, twisted. You two, were so saying I this is going to I didn't put into the fact that Sanchez would not be playing in the first half. I that that was right. based off assuming Chess would start the game. Right. All right. All right then. What was your score like, Carl? Uh, I said this would be a one 0 maybe a two 0 for Liverpool. I don't understand how you can go to Anfield, regardless of any off the field or training pitch, whatever, and not play your best player and expect to win. No, it's- no, no. But he was right. Okay, but he was right. Stop. I'll let you finish. But he was right to drop Sanchez if the reports are true. And the reports are what exactly, if someone can explain this to me? Basically, he, well, from what I've read, he um, walked off during training. He's, the teammates were not happy that he walked off during training, and there was confrontation between the teammates and Sanchez because of his attitude towards training. And therefore, when Wenger dropped him, the teammates actually agreed with his de- de- decision to do so. Because at the end of the day, yes, you want to win games, you want to play the best team, you have to have professionalism, you have to have standards. So if he was disrespectful towards teammates, towards the, 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 man, the manager, then you have to be, be, be dropped. That's, that, that is like a 
unwritten rule in um, a dressing room and being a manager. So okay, but like based off the past three months that we've seen, the only player who carries his weight every game is Sanchez. So maybe if yep. he is so so that maybe so no no no. But double H, if he's mad at his teammates, wouldn't it stand to reason that they're not training hard enough? Not that he took training lightly. I'm just I'm just giving Wenger people the benefits of the doubt. We don't know okay. the exact details of what his anger was. I'm giving the benefit of that as that he was just maybe behaving too much like a diva and acting like he was a bit too much. And he basically walked off during training a bit early because he maybe, was maybe fr- 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 frustrated. When you do that and you're not trying to step to your manager and your teammates, then you have to be punished. You have to be, you know. But again, this was me. We don't know the details. I'm just saying benefits of, of, of the doubt. Right, because I kind of feel like if any player has the right to be a diva, it would be Alexis Sanchez. Behind maybe thirty percent of Arsenal's goals this season. General rule of thumb is if Sanchez has a good game, Arsenal win. And Sanchez looks around. He's looking at players like Coquelin and Oxley Chamberlain. He's looking at guys like Lucas Perez up top, and he's going, "Is this good enough? I'm in the prime of my life. I've just left Barcelona. I can earn more money playing for another club. I can earn more trophies playing for another club. Why should I be here?" All legitimate questions. The other thing that confused me about Winger is you drop Sanchez. It's not like you're a brilliant tactician. So it's not like you're going to have this next plan to get over Sanchez missing. Because like Carl said, most of their offensive production comes from the feet of Sanchez. You saw it when he came on in the in the second half. They looked a completely different team. That's so, the thing. Vegas should never have brought Sanchez on. Because it undermines him, doesn't it? It proves the point that Sanchez is the more important player, which almost gives him even more power to act like he wants. Exactly. Once Wenger decides to drop Sanchez, he shouldn't even have him in the matchday squad. He should have said he's not here. He's he, not shouldn't even, he shouldn't even he been shouldn't in have the travel. Travel. Right. Shouldn't have traveled. <laughs> Should not have traveled. Wenger should have laid down the law and went, look, if he wants to have a hissy fit and throw his toys out the pram, he can stay in London with Humber and Adam and he can sit at home. That's a very good point. The problem Wenger did was he dropped Sanchez and said he wanted to play a very direct game with Giroud and Welbeck, and then no one put any crosses in. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in that first half, Giroud touched the ball less times than both goalkeepers. That's atrocious. Is it because both of those teams kind of want to build from the back? But it's still bad. No, 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 sorry, no, no. And this is the point I was going to say, and Carl kind of alluded to it. Back-to-back seasons, Arsenal bought Mesut Ozil for 42, I think, 42 and a half. And then they bought Sanchez for, I think, 30 or 32. And this is Sanchez's yep. third season at Arsenal, am I correct? Who's the best player that they've bought after him? And no disrespect to Danny Welbeck on Ghanaian Independence Day. Congratulations, Carl. 60 years. 60 years, boys. 60 years. <laughs> people, still still in Nigeria's shadow, but still. <laughs> Don't do that you know, on their day. <laughs> bro, on my Independence Day. On my Independence Day, you're going to have to bring up Nigeria. It's nothing sacred. Wow. <laughs> what a wow. Wow. The rudeness. Wow. I love all mine. Don't take any young brothers, man. That was me. Wow. Still a Nigeria shadow, really? <laughs> I can't wait to turn up at your wedding day. <laughs> when is Nigerian Independence Day? When, when can we get... October 1st. October 1st. Uganda's is October 9th. So, interesting. But anyway, shout out to all the Ghanaians that listen to the podcast. Shout out to Carl and your family. Hey. But yeah, I mean, if the best player they've bought since Sanchez is Danny Welbeck, or maybe or maybe the best outfield player, you might argue that Petr Cech, in terms of pedigree and reputation, is the best player they've bought. But uh, yeah, you're a good start by Petr Cech. A good start by Petr Cech. Twenty percent of the goals Petr Cech has conceded yeah. in his career have happened at Arsenal. Yeah, and yeah. he's played there for one and a half seasons or something like that. <laughs> yep, that's painful, bro. Let's also look at this. All right, Ozil, Real Madrid, unwanted. Sanchez, Barcelona unwanted. Mustafi, Valencia, Valencia immediately oh, unwanted. Petacek, Chelsea unwanted. Welbeck. No, Welbeck, Manchester United unwanted. No good player goes to Arsenal because they want to go to Arsenal. Interesting. Arsenal are meant to be one of the top 12 clubs in Europe. Are they? Be really, really, if you want to, I said I, was being, I thought I was being generous with 12. Top they've 80, got the wages. They've got 80? the wages. They're in the top league. They're in the top league. <laughs> 
They've got the they've got a massive wage bill. They've got great facilities. They're meant to have a really good manager, right? But at the same time, if there is a big player that is available, and three or four clubs are going for him, they don't go to Arsenal. True. Who was the last big player where Arsenal, it was Arsenal versus Manchester United versus Liverpool versus someone that went to Arsenal? Mm, I can't think of one. Sanchez and also like, is this really as good as it gets? Am I really going to have to wait for Oxley chamberlain to click and finally figure out how to play a midfield? Especially when you can just go to Juventus or go to PSG or go to this Bayern it. and it's just already made for you. So. Yeah, or you can go to China and three or four times the amount just to kick the ball. Hmm. Oh, that's good segue, Carl. Now, Sanchez's Instagram post, I want to read this word for word. I'm not going to try my hand at Spanish or Italian, but I can read the English version. The true warrior fights not because he hates the ones in front of him, but because he loves those behind him. Let's go Gunners. I think he just adds let's go Gunners like a kind of hashtag of some sort. The true warrior fights not because he hates the ones in front of him. Does that mean Arsenal? And because he loves those behind him, does that mean his family? I think he's trying to talk about... I think he's trying to say he threw the fit, not because he hates Arsenal, but because he loves the fans. Behind him in the sense of support? Yes. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. I think it's it's his family and the fans. Yeah, yeah. I, I read it like a true warrior fights not because he hates the ones in front of him. I read that as players being lazy and or management and or the club, but because he loves those behind him, the support he gets from the fans, but primarily like his family back in Chile or around him, which which made me think, if you, if you fight because of those behind you, wouldn't China, or just moving to a bigger club in general, but I thought, you know, the place where he could get the most money, the Super League, wouldn't he just go to China? Wouldn't that make more sense than just wasting the, his last, like he, he only has one more big contract left. Danny, let's get real. Alexis to China, a player. He only has one more big contract left, and maybe you could say he could get the Chinese contract whenever he wants. But he's only got one more big contract left in him. He's only got one more contract where he's he's guaranteed five hundred thousand, right? Two hundred thousand for five for three or four years, right? And I read um, on ESPN FC, I think, that the offer from Arsenal is one eighty a week. (laughs) That's nonsense. I mean, it sounds like they're penny pinching, so. 200. Give him 200. As a Manchester United fan, I'm urging Arsenal to spend their money recklessly. <laughs> <laughs> it's a thing of, I don't know if, but and this goes for Ozil as well. You can't waste your last years of your prime on the off chance that Arsenal might get it right. You have to go to a place where you know success is obtainable. And I'm not sure you can say that about Arsenal in their present condition given that the manager doesn't seem like he wants to commit one way or the other. The fans are <laughs> all over the place. There's going to be a protest, I believe, before the Bayern Munich game. Yep. <laughs> that laugh would be small time. Kyle, that is not funny. That is not funny. I, I don't are think... Are you eating your lamb chops right now? Hmm? Are you eating your lamb chops right now? To, to Nepal on Anglais. <laughs> You're a menace. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't think you can commit if you're them. Un- until you know either one, you're going to get an improved offer from the club that would just make it nonsense to look elsewhere. Or you get further clarity on what's happening with Wenger. And I don't know if that's going to happen until basically the end of the season. This is it. Nobody on Arsenal's board can tell Wenger to leave. You know? So it's going to be up to him whether he wants to stay or come back. And I kind of feel like he's going to be back. And then so, what happens? This is the Groundhog Day after the Groundhog Day. This is a real problem for Arsenal. If Wenger keeps doing this, he could legitimately wind down his two best players' contracts. It only takes until December, doesn't it? And then, like, yeah. you can sign for free. Like, well, there's only six months left on your contract. Yeah, but you so. yeah. that Wenger will be around after the summer. I think he will be. I, I, think, I think he's gone. I think that Liverpool performance, when you add on to the Chelsea performance and you add on to what's going to happen against Bayern, where Arsenal will probably win 3-0 because there's nothing to play for. But I think, I think the fans are fed up. I think the players are beginning to be fed up and it's not just Sanchez. And I think the board is now going, 
mm, if the fans are beginning to get fed up, what can we do? We can't really do, you know, that's, that's our lifeblood. That's the money. So uh, it might be, it might be time to say goodbye. I don't, I don't think the board really cares about the fans. If, if they cared about the fans, they would have, I don't want to say gotten rid of Wenger in some kind of malevolent way, but they would have made change a while ago. It's been 13 seasons since they won the league, and you say that they're meant to be a top 15 club, let's say. Oh, well, well. So, no, look, look, they, they, they are businessmen, and businessmen only care about making money. And they're basically laughing because the fans still pay the money. Hmm. And but they're the, the fans right. still pay the merchandise, they'll still pay for the season tickets. So all this whole Wenger out, Wenger out, Wenger out, you're still paying to watch the team. <laughs> you're still paying for the merchandise. You're I find that backwards. I, I do find that backwards as hell. Like and all those people that are like, you know, we want Wenger out, we want Wenger out, or we need the board to change. Like you give them the highest season ticket in like Europe. So what what do you think? Yeah. Do you think it's like if you go to a bad restaurant and like this is horrible food, but people come and eat it every week. You're 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 under no pressure to change it if you're still getting the same money you would make, or even more money you would make if you tried to make the food better. Yeah, good point. But well, there you are. So Arsenal, Arsenal Football Club, a bad restaurant. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, no, but for me, I think I just don't get that. That's why the Volvenger out there. I, whenever I watch Arsenal fan TV. The only guy I actually really watch is, is Ty. Because for me, Ty is far more fascinating. Because I find it's far more fascinating, Ty's stance. But guys like Deet and all these guys are like, okay, you complain, complain, complain. Okay, wow. But you're still buying the damn ticket. The biggest <laughs> thing you can do against the board and every people say, I for a club I, I love so much, I'm not going to watch it. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not going to come. I'm going to have a full-on blackout. But the moment you pay money, the board say, that's it. That's all we want. We want you to pay for that new kits for the season. We want you to pay your season tickets price. And that's it. Say all the hell you want. We've gotten what we want from you. Yeah. All, all right. right. We talked about Arsenal too much. Zlatan. 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 <laughs> you guys weren't going to let me bring out top four, but whatever. Um, from one person we talk about too much to another. We're going to talk about Zlatan. <laughs> Zlatan. Zlatan. <laughs> Ibra. Zlatan. That's how you say it. <laughs> Right, so wait, wait, wait. Can I, can I start just very briefly? Can I just start? Um, now, is it do, maybe you will know this color as a United fan? Does because someone mentioned this to me a few days ago, does Ibrahimovic have a clause in his contract that says he can't be substituted? <laughs> oh, that's a good one. I don't know, I don't know. Well, it's it's uh, we were joking about this on the uh, talking tactics WhatsApp group. On Saturday, Danny said United might finally get out of sixth, and I joked with him, "This is going to be a nailed-on one-one draw, and Luke Shaw's going to give away a penalty." Uh, it didn't quite come that way. It was Phil Jones that gave away the penalty, but United are once again in sixth place. They've been in sixth place for 139 days, 140 days now, um, which is unbelievable. That's actually harder than winning the league, I think. It's it's incredible to <laughs> be on. We're unbeaten for how many games in the Premier League? 16, 17? Win, lose, draw for like four months and you don't yeah. move. I think nope. that's harder than winning a league. It is. It's an amazing quirk because yeah. it largely comes down to a very poor home form. We've drawn half of our games at home, which is... How many, how many drawn games? Way too many. I saw a stat that against West Ham... Stoke, I believe, and Burnley. Yeah, that United had 89 shots and only scored two goals. Or no, 98 shots and only scored two goals. Yep. The issue is this. The issue is Martial and Ibrahimovic. Now, let's rewind the clock back to... um, Let's rewind the clock back to when Martial was bought by Van Hal. Van Hal bought Martial as a striker. In number nine, he was given the, the, the number nine shirt, and that is where he played. And remember the epoch he had in his very first game. Obviously, he wasn't living up to those levels he did in the first few games, but still, he was young. Ibrahimovic comes in now with the with his the eagle, the package, every kind of stuff. He's very close friends with Mourinho, and he demands the number nine shirt. 
So Martial, a young player who needs all the care and development he needs, is now shoved out to a position he's not natu that naturally comes to him. And I hate the arguments people have of, hey, man, we play inverted wingers so that they can cut in on their stronger foot and, and shoot. For me, that is a stupid argument. Because only if you're a guy like an Aryan Raw Robin, who is a specialist at doing that, can it be effective. Every, like, it's literally pain. It's, it's, it pains me. It burns me inside every time I see Marshall play on the left angle because I'm like, this is a striker. This is a really good quality striker who needs to play in that position and develop, make mistakes, fall down, and keep improving in that position. But he can only do that by playing in that position in every game that he possibly can. Every game he plays on left wing, it will make him harder for him to develop as a player. So the in the introduction of Ibrahimovic has now meant your young players' development has now been messed up. And Ibrahimovic doesn't work in every game. Some games he, he, he works in. But he's such a particular kind of player that in that Bournemouth game, he just wasn't working. You needed mm. someone nimble, someone fast, somebody who can go through through ball, somebody who can um, meander through um, between the two defenders. That is what you needed. So it's like for, for Mourinho, I'm sorry, you can't... I'm sorry, you are to blame. This whole thing of, of staying sixth, if you go back to those draws, if you had made a substitution, like brought on Rashford earlier, brought on Martial earlier, maybe they, they, they get a 90th minute goal. Maybe they, 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 they create another goal. But you've been so surprised <laughs> Ibra, 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 sixth. I don't say this often, but I have hope is right. Thank you. <laughs> By the way, Costa scored, so 2 0 Chelsea. If you guys didn't bring it up. Yes. yes. He scored with his knee, I think. I think Fabregas might have did a penalty, though. But he got away with it. This is the third game we've watched together while recording the podcast. And next week is going to be United-Chelsea. So I don't know what we're going to do there. I'm going to scream into the void. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> is, that, is that next Monday? Or? Yeah, next Monday. Oh, son. You know what? This is, it's less stressful when I'm doing something else and my attention isn't fully on Chelsea. <laughs> so it's maybe a good thing. How did you um, come to support Chelsea, by the way? <laughs> I don't support any club that's red unless it's Uganda in a way or Canada. Red? Wait, what's yeah. red? I I just don't support any clubs that have red. Um so Manchester United, Arsenal, Liverpool were not an option just because they wore red. So if if I would have known about Manchester City at the time, I'm sure because they wear the same color that um, that the North Carolina Tar Heels wear, which is kind of baby blue. I might have gone in that direction, but it was Chelsea that wore blue, so that was the team I went to on video games. Well, and, there you are. Um, yeah. Now you know. I mean, it's not like I could keep up with the teams when I was a kid, but that's that was the team that I played with on video games. And then by the time the internet came around, and I figured out that, you know, they had guys like Hasselbank and Desai and you know Zola guys like that I fell in love with the club and then the money came and then I was able to keep up with the club more and 2002 World Cup 2006 World Cup it just all came together in a way but like had I known about all the racism and stuff <laughs> I don't well see I don't I only came into my well, I don't want to say only I came into my wokeness <laughs> <laughs> at maybe 18 oh not 18 maybe like 20 one-ish. So I think I probably would have still, it wouldn't have mattered because I just would have been like, they have players I like. You became woke earlier than I did. I only really started paying attention to the world around me about 22. I took a, a black social thought sociology class in university with a professor called Curtin. And that was like the beginning of Man, kind I was, of introspection. I like, I like, I like 16. And I've got a rap. <laughs> <laughs> How did oh that yeah, you used was to rap. It, was it just yeah? Music? Like my my first rap album with this dude were were sixteen. Dirty diamonds. <laughs> you used to rap. You used to rap. Um, speaking of close introspection to bring about greater performance, let's talk about Leicester. Oh boy, they look like their old selves, they don't they? Yes, yes. They're playing the same no. way they played on Ranieri, but it seems to be coming off. But basically, Enright made a very good, good, good point because I was watching what Enright was saying. Because Enright was saying that something is iffy here because Shakespeare, not the the, the writer, the overrated writer, 
Um, <laughs> the um, assistance coach. Um, yes, damn it, I, I not, said it. I do not agree with the views yes, that no, being said. I approve of what I just said, and because Ian Wright made a very good point. That you know, if you say anything critical, critical about Shakespeare, people get all in their feelings. Like, how no, can no, you no, say no, that? Let's save it how for can... the extra. Trust me, let's save it for the extra because I've got a lot to say about Shakespeare. So trust me. Um, but my thing is that this this dude, you walked because Ian Wright made a very good point. You were the assistant coach while Ran Ranieri was what was there. So what is happening now? Because again, you must have not been doing a part of your job. Because why, why are these teams so different now from when they were around when Ranieri was there? Because mm. this is the first time in the whole season they've won back-to-back games. In the whole season. And they look like a completely different team. You know what? I, I think this is a lesson to a lot of coaches, maybe. That the people... Well, I don't know. Was Shakespeare his number two? Yeah. Why would you have a number two who doesn't leave with you. Like, there's no way that Roy Faria would ever take on Manchester United if Jose Mourinho left. They would leave together. Well, 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 well basically, what's it called? This is guy, yeah, something Curtis. He's literally been at Swansea, like, for, for, for forever. And whenever, like, a Swansea manager leaves, he remains a bit because he's sort of part of the Swansea. Okay, All right. okay I got that. Because, like, Chelsea have, they had, like, um, Mourinho... And Faria, but then there's also uh, Steve Holland, who's going to leave after the end of the season to do England. Mm-hmm. So maybe Shakespeare is their version of that. But it just it struck me like because he, the Shakespeare's came out and said that he wanted the full time job, mm. so it's almost like you might have, I don't want to say betrayed Ranieri, but were you trying as hard if you knew that maybe if he leaves I could become manager? Keon made that same exact point saying that if he's very very uncomfortable with Shakespeare saying that he wants the full time job. Mm. That just adds, makes the, the very, very tricky now. Yeah, it's like Kevin Spacey. <laughs> Do you guys get House of Cards? Do you guys watch that? Oh, yeah. yeah. Of course, yeah. Although it, it's a British remake, so maybe you guys are old. But, the, but, but, but this is it's a lot better than the English one, though. Everything is a British remake. The British version is better. Don't watch. <laughs> Throwing people off buildings and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and they didn't care in the old days. Like, you ever watch like an old movie and they just suck a woman out of the blue and like that would never happen? Jarring, like, you can't do that. <laughs> Backhand someone. Like, you think I, Leicester are going to stop? They yeah. went one win. They went from, I think, 17th to 15th. Yeah. So, to that string of wins that you get, it might be three, it might be four, or just not losing for five games. It can get you above the likes of Bournemouth, Middlesbrough, etc. So there are definitely three worst teams in the Premier League. It's just a matter of whether Leicester can get the. It's an obvious point, but they just need to get the put the points on the board that they're capable of doing. Because Hull's worse, you'd say Middlesbrough's worse, and Sunderland are you know the worst team in the league. So there are three worst teams. So I think they they should stay up. No, no, 100%. I'm saying that 100% that they're going to stay up. 100%. Same, and, and I feel the same way about Crystal Palace. Like, if you look at their squad, they, their squad is top half quality. It's just they haven't had, got the results, you know? Yeah, so. yeah. Fair. Well, that's it. I guess the problem now is Hull. Hull need to figure out a way to stay alive. Mm. I, I, I like their manager, though. Yeah, I think I, of, of the teams currently in the relegation zone, Middlesbrough, Hull, Sunderland, and uh, Sunderland. How is the most likely to escape? But I don't see anyone else dropping in, unfortunately. You, you all right? You guys don't think that Sunderland can rescue Sunderland. themselves? No, 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 <laughs> no way! Look, look, look. Okay, okay. They are gone. Bournemouth are in kind of a free fall, aren't they? And also, do you know what is really sick? Defoe has fourteen goals. Fourteen yeah. goals for a team who are bottom. That is crazy. It's it's better for him that he just get, that they get relegated because he'll leave and go to a better club. If he saves them again, he'll just be stuck in Sunderland another year, and this will just happen again. This is a good point. You can go to, you can go back home to West Ham. Yeah, like West. But you know, West Ham actually wanted to buy him in January, I think. But Sunderland is saying no. Like literally, of course they said no. Get <laughs> in. Like who's there? Like where else are they going to get the goals? Like I want to. Really. I want to look up the table. I want to know how many goals Sunderland have scored. It can't be more than 20. 
I refuse to believe they've scored more than 20. Wednesday. They scored four against Palace. So. 24 goals this season. So basically, the they has scored 14. 14 of their 24 goals. That is, that is scary, man. 60%. He should get like 60% of merchandising, of ticket sales, whatever money they make. Like, he should be getting 300K a week. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not joking. Given, he should be given the key to the sea. They should name it out what's it, the Stadium of Lights. Yeah. Yeah, name it Stadium of Defoe. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And yeah, I, I, ne- I never well obviously he was a Spurs player, so I didn't really like Defoe. But you can't deny that he's like one of the best English strikers ever. Ever. Name better English strikers than Jermaine Defoe. And I'm sure you can't get past ten. No, no, no. The only okay. one that can oh. name is Shearer and maybe Lineker. That's it. Shearer, Lineker. All right, all right. We'll talk Premier League era. Shearer, Rooney, Cole. No, no. Rooney, he's Rooney's not. not better than Defoe as a striker. No, he's not. No, he's not. As a, as, a, as, a, as a pure striker. As a, as a yes. striker? No. no. Yes. Mm-mm. Yes. No. Oh, Secondary yes. strikers? You're being biased. You're being biased now. No Secondary reason. striker? Yes. <laughs> Footballer? Yes. Pure center forward. Mm-mm. Yes. So if you put Jermaine Defoe in that Manchester United team for the same length of time that Wayne Rooney's been in that Manchester United team, you're telling me Defoe wouldn't be anywhere know, near know. 250 you gotta, goals? You gotta, pick, you, gotta pick, you gotta pick peak Wayne Rooney. Peak Wayne Rooney is better than peak Defoe. Yeah. It's, not, right. it's not Wayne Rooney's fault. He's, you know, decrepit and <laughs> got the body of a 38 year old. <laughs> He's your own player. You should, mean, should be kind of decrepit. But he is though. I'm sorry. He's washed. <laughs> He's maybe right. a reason why we drew against Bournemouth. If Mkhitaryan right, we'll, we'll was just, playing, we'll, we're gonna have to agree to fun. disagree on Rooney. Uh, I'm not. I'm not right. I, I think that's more close than you give it credit for. Let's move on. Next subject: Champions League. Champions no, League. no. I'm still. Uh, we need ten. <laughs> we need ten. All right. I don't. I don't Shira. think there's ten. Shira. We're going Premier League. Shira. Cole. Letizia. Mm-hmm. No. But since it was an attacking midfielder, it was brighter. What? How, man? Is... <laughs> Are you eating double H? No. Oh, okay. This is, you always sound like you're chewing something, man. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not eating. Go ahead. All right. All right. All right. Let's say for, I, I can't. Forget I, it. Forget it. I can't do it. I can't name 10 English strikers better than the fog. This football match is not particularly entertaining. I don't need it to be entertaining. I just need three points, keep the pressure on the other guys. But uh, what's the next topic, guys? Champions League. Oh. You're having a laugh. Champions League. You're having a laugh. Yeah. Um, Arsenal need to forfeit the game because, <laughs> like, literally, Bionic, you you've wasted petrol. You've wasted <laughs> the time of the pilots. You've wasted the time of the cabin crew. You've wasted the, the time of driving <laughs> to the airport. You wasted the, the time of going through the whole Champions League thing. It's a waste of, of, of time. You know what? Do, do you know what? Do you know what, Double H? You bring what? up that point kind of in jest. Mm. But it makes me think of the Chapacoense thing in, yeah. a, in, a, in a weird way. Whoa. If, if, no, no. If the game is foregone, why do I need to get on a plane? Uh, there's no way that, we're, that Arsenal are going to beat us by four goals. Yeah, it's in, it's why, in, do I, why do I need to get on a plane and risk my life for real? Don't play <laughs> Arsenal. I don't need no, no, no. to do that. <laughs> no, think, think about it. You get on a plane in order to do something. I'm going on holiday. I'm going to see my family. I'm going to an event I need to, to, to go to. Hmm. You never go through the trouble of paying the money, going on the plane, risking your life because it's still a risk. Hmm. It's a low risk, but it's still a risk of risking your life for doing something that is completely irrelevant and pointless. Like, this is a pointless match. There's no point I mean, you, you said it in jest, but I was like, do they really need to get on a plane? They don't. Do like, it's, it's like, a, there's no point. And, I, and obviously, I'm sure Bayern Munich have the best airplane oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. service no, 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 in the no, no, world. Going still, by plane is still one of the safest forms of, of travel. It's, it still is because how many people was about like a few, like maybe six, seven, eight, nine plane crash. Okay, a few hundred plane crashes in like the last few years based on the thousands upon thousands of planes that have been. So it's still low risk, but still, it's still a risk. And beyond that, <laughs> the amount of trouble, like checking your, your visas, your, your passports, your suitcases, going, 
It's just too much trouble for something they're doing that which is completely irrelevant. Ask <laughs> so like, the fans, you're being called irrelevant. Irrelevant no, no, no. and unnecessary. No, 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 Carl, this is not an insult. It's your fault you lost 5-1. That's, your, that's on you. That's on you. So, so now, it's like you lost 5-1 against one of against a team who are considered the favourites. You've now created a situation where a second leg is pointless. In your previous game, you got clacked up by Liverpool. Clacked up. <laughs> like no, I no, no. Let's say, look. I mean, I, I told you, it's 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 a pointless game. I mean, uh, if, if Bayern score first, my God, <laughs> you know. You know what? Uh, ironically, I'm not sure that PSG going to Barcelona is pointless, though. That's no, not no, a no, 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 no. Of, of course not. No, it's not. Of course not. Like there, there could be some magic left, you know. Like I still be basically there is. It's a low chance, but there's a chance. No, like, like if, if Barcelona go up two zero in the first half, say it's open again. You know, <laughs> like obviously you can't concede because then you need three, but or four. Yep. And I, and also PSG. I, I've just got this feeling that PSG could just self destruct somehow. What like ten men? Yeah. Thanks. Like like Thanks. a Ver- like like a Verratti red card. Yeah, like a, a a red card. They're discombobulated, and it's like, okay, what the hell? Boom. I always think this that if you go down to ten men, it kind of gives you the license to defend anyway. Yeah. yeah. So maybe going down to ten men went up four goals, say, or three. Isn't that bad of a deal? Because it just makes oh, you more defensively resolute. I remember that fateful semi-final, Chelsea Barcelona, one of the best games of all time, and it worked. Down to ten it, men. It worked though because it gave yeah. Chelsea the incentive. Like we had no incentive to try to attack. It was just ten men behind the ball. A bit of well, I mean, there was eleven if you include God, but <laughs> you know, just one long ball after you know hours. It felt like a defending, and then you know you go through. <laughs> you know the Torres what? Torres goal that was worth fifteen million. I was I was still more happy with the Ramirez goal than I was for Torres. Oh, that Ramirez goal was insane. The pass from Lampard is an underrated pass, but anyway. The Ramirez goal is made made better for the fact he danced when he celebrated. Oh, yeah, yeah. What a hero. It was a very, uh, it was a Ghanaian celebration in a way, wasn't it? It was, and now he plays in China, earning a lot of money. Yeah, I saw Oscar just destroy this Chinese team. (laughs) It's not even fair what they're doing over there. Just for fun and... It's like they're playing in the park almost for hundreds of thousands of pounds. It's must crazy. Be nice. yeah, it must be. Uh, who else is playing in Champions League this week? PSG Barcelona, correct? Yep. And what else? Napoli, Real Madrid. Napoli, Real Madrid. Napoli, Real Madrid. I think that's a done deal already. Real Madrid threw one up. What are we thinking about Dortmund versus Benfica? This one on that's, a night. That's edge. the one. That's the one to watch, I think. Yeah, yeah. I probably I, I can see Dortmund winning three one something like that. Marco Reus is injured. No surprise. He's <laughs> out for the next four weeks. My poor, 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 beautiful son is injured for another four weeks. Uh, just as an alternative discussion here, I was going to bring up alternative facts, but let's not do that. Um, <laughs> players that get injured a lot that you think could have been great. So Marco Royce comes to mind. Sturridge comes to mind. Gota, Mario Gota. Whatever Gota has, what what do they call it? Metabolic. What's it called? Uh, he's uh, what we believe is essentially his thyroid gland isn't working. I mean, he's already he's always carried a bit of puppy fat, but it looks like he might have a serious problem keeping mm. off the weight. Yeah. So what what players do you think are injured or stay injured that you think could have been really really good? Essien, Owen Hargreaves. Essien. Essien, so when he had when Essien had working knees, he was awesome, awesome player. Wasn't he Ballon d'Or shortlisted? He was. He in was indeed. 2006. Yep, Essien was the new Balak. Yeah, the Actually, Ghanaian Balak. And then Balak replaced him. Ironically, Balak replaced him. Um, Kasiragi. Remember him? No. So, Danny, you don't remember Kasiragi of Chelsea? Like literally, he was injured for most about two years. And was still getting paid. He was still earning about seventy k for for Chelsea, and was injured for about three years. So, what what, what position did he play? Striker, Italian. Never heard of this guy. Wow. <laughs> uh, who else can we put in there? A great player that never was because oh, Dean Ashton. Someone brought him up the other day. I Dean think Dean Ashton. Ashton. 
Dean Ashton, you know. We're talking about potentially great players, man. Dean Ashton was the great strike partner Wayne really never had. <laughs> wow, man. Damn. There's, there's an English niche for you. He was, he was great. Well, it, it did, Wayne Rooney's been blessed with strike partners. Let's not, let's not pretend here. Has he? He's had, he's had Tevez. Yeah. He's, had, he's had Tevez. He's had Saha. Who else? Berbatov. Christina. Berbatov wasn't great for him. Um, Berbatov, Berbatov, no, 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 great, great for him and great are two different things. Right. Yeah, exactly. Great so so Tevez, Tevez was great for him because he did all the tackling and Harry and, and basically sh- showed Rooney how he could be a... Uh, spinning, whirling, dervish, dynamo. Saha was great because Saha was very selfless and allowed Rooney to bed himself as the main man. Uh, Chikorito was great. Hernandez was great because he used to always do uh, near post runs, which gave Rooney a lot of space near the back post for crosses and whatnot. But other than that, that's not many good strike partners. And Percy played in the same space Rooney wanted to play in, as did Van Nistelrooy. His England strike partners have never been great. That's why, you know, there's a reason why Owen and Rooney both enjoyed when Heskey came up. Because Heskey was selfless. If you're not number nine and you want to be a long gunner, you want to fill your boots, you need the right strike partner. And unfortunately, it's never happened. I will say you this. I think Rooney and Andy Carroll up front would have been amazing. Rooney and Andy Carroll? Yeah, I think that would have been great. Big man, big man, bullish man. It would have been great. You know what? I think... <laughs> To go back to a previous, I think Carroll and Defoe would have been better at the Euros Ooh. than anything that Roy Hodgson had available at the time. No, no, no look, look, I mean, Defoe is criminally, criminally underrated. He's not very underrated. underrated. He's properly rated. He's nope. a very good Premier League striker. Very underappreciated striker. Like, the, the guy's striking for every club he's been in, the guy has struck hard. Hard. <laughs> and, like, Carl, the way that you overrate Rooney is just very, very scary, man. I mean, like this, <laughs> he has been the Robin. <laughs> he has been the he has been the Robin to someone else's Batman in my essay for every single time. He's always been the sideshow Bob. Always, always, always. But he, but you don't say that, do you? He's always been the sideshow. Always been the sideshow. Wow! Look at that. That's the first time someone's called me a Rooney lover in a long, long, long time. Yes. You see, the pocket, this podcast has people defending positions. I don't think they'd ever defend. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> I'm a Rooney lover, apparently. Good yep. grief. <laughs> oh, we turned you into a Pep defender the other day, or last oh. few episodes ago. And this is bizarre, line, truly. Mm-hmm. Right, should we get into questions? All right, you have a couple questions. What's your opinion? Oh, this is from Red Devilology. Um, who, I believe, by his uh, av- well, not avatar, but uh, the emoji next to his name is Ghanaian, so happy day hey. to you. What's your opinion on the stories that Messi pushed Ibrahimovic and Alexis Sanchez and other players out of Barcelona in the past? It's it's it's, it's true. Yes. To what end? No, no, no. Mm-hmm. Messi rules Barcelona. Like once, like it's it is no surprise that everyone knows that Messi holds huge sway. Now the Ibrahimovic thing, I'm not sure. The Alexis thing, I read many many stories where he was angry that Alexis didn't pass the ball. He wasn't playing the Barcelona way. They went on the same wave, wave, wavelength. And because Messi ostracized Alexis out of it, that led to him pretty much being forced out of Barcelona. And I was still, I think Ibrahimovic was more about him coming into to heads with Pep. But also, Ibra said in his book as well that like Messi would have his own clique mm. that would be away from everyone. And because he wasn't part of that whole clique, that psychologically... Again, ostracized him the same way as Alexis did. So yeah, no, Messi holds huge sway. If you're not on Messi's thing, and which is why I really, really don't like how Messi, Neymar, and the Cannibal always hang together. That's not very teamless. That's like, hey man, we're like the the, the the three superstar players. We just well, we're gonna have fun, laugh, and just be away from the rest of the team. No, like you're a team. Mm-hmm. Everybody should be together. You can't just have like your own little clique away from everyone else. So yeah, I mean, you can see like the two players that were able to use those. Ibrahimovic is his own man. No one would ever dispute that. And his personality is singular in a way that maybe would conflict or conflict with Messi's. And yeah. I think I think we can see just by maybe using this week as an example is convenient. But Alexis has his own personality as well. And he can't be kind of pushed around or bullied by a, a player who 
people say is better, but you know, if on a training pitch, how much better might Messi look to Sanchez than Sanchez? Mm-hmm. This is a good point. So you're not that much better than me. So it is what it is. But the, the problem I have is I remember there was a I don't know if it was a Vine or a video, and a kid was signing. Uh, he went to a signing for Suarez, and they were like. Um, you're the best player, you're the best player. And Suarez kind of looked at him like, no, I'm not the best player. And inferring that Messi was the best player. So he defers to Messi. And it's that issue that I think Double H and I have talked about this in past podcasts where Neymar should have probably gone to Real Madrid, but he went to Barcelona instead. And it, it, it almost signals to me that there might be something wrong with Neymar in a sense that if Messi gets rid of Ibrahimovic because he has an alpha personality – and he gets rid of Sanchez because he has an alpha personality. Why is Neymar staying around? Because Neymar knows his, his team when Messi's gone. You think? You, so he's playing a long game, chestnut checkers? Yeah, it's like, uh, it's like, magic. <laughs> it's like magic and Kareem. That's okay. all it is. It's magic and Kareem. Neymar can sit in Barcelona. He can learn from the best player in the world. And when Messi goes, all right, I'm going to go take this every role, Neymar can be like, and that's my team now. Okay, Danny, that's where you should have dropped the. Let's, let's, let's be really real here. <laughs> Neymar's choice was Neymar's choice was let's be, let's be really blunt. Neymar's choice here was: Am I going to be Plan B to Messi? or I'm going to be Plan B to Ronaldo. Or he could have gone to players, Chelsea, which was an. And option. I think most players would have chosen to be. Oh yeah, go to Chelsea and get the, the seven lumps kicked at you by John Terry and enjoy the terrible weather in England. Let's be real here. Let's be real here. Neymar did the right thing in going to Barcelona, and I can't wait for him to become the best player in the world. Mm, I don't know about that, bro. Okay, okay so Messi's how old? 29? He's going to be the best player at Barcelona for at least the next five seasons. Uh, not necessarily. 34? You don't Messi- think he'll be at the peak of his game at 34? No, Neymar will take over by Neymar will take over from Messi by the next World Cup cycle. Isn't it kind of Stockholm Syndrome, in a way, where you've just been captive for so long you don't know when to take over? Neymar knows. That you're just in love with Messi and the idea that he's in charge? So of course, you've got, to bear, you've got to bear in mind, but you've got to bear in mind, Messi's clique is leaving him. Iniesta's going to have to retire. Xavi's gone. Busquets is getting old. Dani Alves isn't there. Messi's clique isn't there. Hmm. Maybe you've maybe. maybe Messi used to have so much sway that Pinto stayed at Barcelona for several years just because Pinto made Messi laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Always remember this. Always remember this. Messi found Pinto funny, and that's why Pinto stayed at Barcelona as their backup goalkeeper. This is why this is why Jesse Lingard's going to stay at May. This is why Jesse Lingard's going to stay at Man United for a good four or five years because he makes people laugh. You want to make him football, you become the best mate of someone who's way better than you. You know what? I I forgot Pinto existed. That's funny. (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. Do you know he's like, I think he's a a DJ now. Either a DJ or a a rapper. No. Is it? Yeah. Good for him. He's he's on his money. Who's the rapper that, or the footballer that left the DJ? Cissé. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cissé, yeah. I think it was like, his first name is DJ Jabril. Yeah, Jibril. So DJ. Yeah. So yeah, 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 yeah. DJ. He DJ, or maybe DJ he has his own name. I don't know. DJ Will. That's the only thing you can really do unless, like, I don't know. Is is education stressed as a footballer? Education definitely helps, man. Well, not, not in England. It's not uh, as, as pressed if you're an academy player. If you're an academy player, you can feasibly become a top-level player in England with only a rudimentary ability in English, maths, and science. Interesting. There are several charities to look after young footballers who get released just after the age of 16. Because uh, so they the, haven't the been academy. in school for the past yeah. 10 years? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But what's the next question? From Fappuccino, would you consider Messi the player of the season if he somehow led Barcelona to win the title, even though they won't progress in the Champions League? No. I would consider no. him the player of the season if they somehow beat PSG and he scored, like, a hat trick and got... Two assists or something. Like oh yeah, he, no, no, yeah. Like if, if he if, if he dominates yeah. the game and puts in one of those you know messy performances that we think he's capable of, maybe he would have an argument. But mm. no, playing seasons can't take. 
Wait, 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 sorry, 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 so Carl, if Messi leads Barcelona to a comeback over PSG and he like leads them to let's say like a semi or a final of the Champions League and leads them to the league, he's not player of the season. Come on, bro. No, can't taste the player of the season. Wait, wait, wait. How can you wait? I'll repeat myself again. If Messi pretty much almost single-handedly leads one of the greatest comebacks of all time. Did I stutter? No. Can't taste the player of the season. Carl, no, I will repeat myself for the third time. If Messi keep leads in the face to the greatest comeback in Champions League history and he leads them to a final and leads them to a La Liga win by himself, I'm sorry, that is transcendence. Okay? <laughs> it doesn't matter what, what Kante has done also because for me, Kante is, is player of, of the season for me so far. But if Messi does that, that is like on a whole other level. And I'm sorry... Even but if it's Kim Petron, that is where you go. Messi is back. not going to do that. Messi is not if, going to do that. That's the thing. If, if you are a if writer, don't you understand the thingy of, of, of if? If. <laughs> the thingy of if. You know. <laughs> no, no, look, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a writer. You're, I mean, like, thingy. I, I use thingy. I'm a, I'm a video personality. You're, you're, you're the writers. A thingy. Big. <laughs> <laughs> I am a video personality. <laughs> you use Bing, that's where you are. Yes, I, I still use Bing. Yes, I use Bing on a Google Chrome. Oh, you me. use Bing sue on a me. Google Chromebook? Yes, I use Bing yeah. on a Google Chromebook. Please sue me. Sue me, I beg. <laughs> next question. Can't uh, taste the player this season. Oh, man. No, it, it, it depends. Carry on. Next question. Would you rather? Who would you rather have in your team? Ericsson or Isco? Isco. Ericsson. Oh, boy. Hmm. I've watched more of Ericsson, but what I've watched of Isco, I like his game. So I think I'd go Isco, barely. But I like Ericsson. But I don't think Ericsson necessarily fits for Chelsea's system. So, yeah. I reckon he'd be doing do very well. I reckon Ericsson would play very well sat next to uh, Kante, or he'd do very well in the Pedro space. No, 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 no. No, no, no. But I fit. Yeah, yeah, not better than Remember, Isco. Be, be, being Spanish as well, like Isco and Pedro will be on that same wavelength and trust me, Isco would fit in perfectly. Like Ericsson mm-hmm. for me, I think it's Tottenham's play better. And also for me, I just think that Isco technically on the ball has better ball control and a better for for balling brain mm-hmm. in tight spaces than, than Ericsson does. If so. it was if it was Delhi Ali or Isco, I'd like Ali. But he didn't. Oh. Put, he put Ericsson. Uh, I mean, I'd still probably take Isco because Ali can have a lot of good games, but then can have games where he's completely useless. Like Isco is much more consistent. In, in well, no. In, I, if you put Ali next to, with Hazard, Costa, because it says your team, so that's Chelsea. I don't know. I still say Isco. I, I, I still say Isco. I still All say. Right. All right. Um, and the last question was Harry Kane or Higuain in your team. Carl, Carl, you, so for United, you'd rather have Kane than Higuain, just based on age or? Based on age, based on the, the fact that Harry Kane runs the challenge very well. If you saw the game against Everton, how he dug that first goal out of nothing, he went, all right, I've got the ball kind of deep, going to dribble for a bit, bang. Hard, mm. low, to corners, a lot of top spin on the ball. I love Harry Kane. Like, Harry Kane, there's a very good article by Andy Thomas from SB Nation about how Harry Kane is the player most likely to break Alan Shearer's scoring record in the Premier League because he has a very good eye for goal and his game is not uh, predominantly based on pace. So he could... Is this, is this yeah. Big Fish Small Pond, though? Harry Kane yes. is very... What? No. Big, big, big Fish Small Pond. Oh, well, I mean, that's, that's, that's I, I mean, point. let's 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 not be disrespectful to Tottenham. Tottenham is a medium-sized pond. But let's say he goes to... Chelsea, he goes to City, he goes to... Won't be as, as effective. Would, would he be as prolific with other players around him that no. are of, of, of an esteemed level, shall no. we say? No. Possibly not. You see this when okay. Kane plays for England. Kane has a problem when he plays for England because he's taking a lot of shots where he should pass the ball because he's clearly been told at Tottenham Hotspur you should just shoot and to empty the clip. <laughs> empty the clip. <laughs> empty the clip. Um, I think that becomes a problem when he plays for England because there are, there are, especially you saw this in Euros, there are a lot of times where Harry Kane should be passing the ball, but he's shot anyway. I don't think Harry Kane would be good playing as part of Manchester City system, that young winger system where they all interchange. I don't think he can do the job. 
Gabriel Jesus did. I think if you put Harry Kane in front of Bayern Munich, I think he'd score. Jesus Christ. Imagine (laughs) Harry Kane at Bayern Munich. My Lord. He'd get 40 goals a season. Uh, No, because Harry Harry Kane isn't in Lewandowski. Harry Kane is playing in the right club for him him right now. He is the perfect fit for Tottenham and how they play. Harry Kane isn't a kind of striker where... Put him in any team and he can adjust his, his games to be good. No, he's not that kind of kind of striker. See, but are you doing bits with the sister Lanzini? Gary Cahill. Jesus. If you didn't touch it, it would have been <laughs> Oh God. <laughs> I haven't been paying attention to anything you guys have been saying. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just need these 30 seconds to go. You guys know what's happened already, don't you? The game's over. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, but, but I mean, like, why do people get so clumsy in the last three minutes? I, I, legginess, sure. Yeah, no, because you, you're edging for that final whistle. Like, if it's thirty minutes in the game, teams can keep possession for two minutes, and the other team won't touch it. In the last two minutes of the game, why do teams? It just it annoys me so much. Just keep the ball. Stop stressing me out. I, my hairline would be better if it weren't for Chelsea, man. You're two goals up. What are you complaining about? It's two one. What? Wait, do you know? I still think Man City can can some can can spring. Woo! Jesus, that's not gonna happen. Wait, 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 wait. When do Man City play play Chelsea? Is that is that next April month? or like later or later this month? I think it's next month. All right. But yeah, so okay, Chelsea won two one. So, but and the City game in hand is against United. Wait, wait, wait. Actually, do you do you guys know my 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 Chelsea fan story? What is your my, Chelsea fan story? Of my fanship of Chelsea and the um, and supporting a club team. Who do you support other than uh-huh. Nigeria? Okay, this is a perfect place to, to tell this story right now before we end. Now, when I came from Nigeria to England, you know, I didn't know what supporting a team meant. What year was oh, this? Oh, no, this was in 97, 96, 97, when I was living in, in Nigeria, like I just liked like liked Chelsea because obviously blue was my favorite color, and I just liked Chelsea. But really, when Zola, Desai, Petrescu, Poye came, I just loved them because they were all foreign, and I was foreign. And everyone in England said, "Oh no, you have to support the team." But in Nigeria, we didn't. I didn't know what that meant because I was so young. So I was like, "Okay, Chelsea, my team," because they have all these foreign guys. So I was the most hardcore, hardened Chelsea support. Where like. Guys would have pretty much like almost beat me up because I was pretty much mocking people because of how much I love Chelsea. <laughs> then Abramovich came, and when he came, I was like, "Yeah, man, money, blah blah, we're gonna win the league, la la." But then I then said, like, "Wait a minute, let's just look at this in the bigger scale of things. That this is gonna unbalance things." And I'm seeing this as a precursor to this really killing club football because I I said to everyone, I was spotting Chelsea when they were coming sixth, losing to Bradford City away against Dean Windass, you know, so. It's like when Abramovich came and came with all the money, I was like, no, this is going to mess up the status of football and its purity. And thus, the city owners, the PSG owners, everything just just, just began to screw up and everybody now wanted a, a takeover. Now, that's now the new thing now. So I said, you know what? It was that and also the whole thing of learning about the racism and all that kind of stuff. I was like, you know what? I can't support them in the way that I, that I did before. I've got to look at football objectively because I love football more than being tribal or any one club. But just the whole concept of Abramovich coming in there and pretty much poisoning the essence of the, the game and making it so unbalanced compared to how it was back in the, in the 90s and the early 2000s. Like, yeah, it's just not the same anymore. So, like, by default, my team is Chelsea. But based off those things, I'm like, I can't support them in the way that I, that I used to. So it's a very complicated psychological reason. But, um, yeah. There we go. <laughs> Whoa! Did he just yawn? <laughs> my God, man! I pretty much, I pretty much split out my whole guts, my emotions. I, I went back when I was now, and this freaking Ghanaian dude, and and you know, and he gets angry for me. You know what? Happy on Independence Day. That's what I'm gonna say. Happy on Independence Day to you guys. <laughs> the, 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 the cheek, the audacity, the rudeness, the disrespect. <laughs> that's that's the last time I'm, I'm ever gonna be emotional and I'll tell a story to you. But... <laughs> what is your <laughs>
can end it there. Oh, man. That shit hurt, bro. I was like, yo, that's a good story. It was just like, yeah. Whew. Okay. Is that our last thing of the day, guys? Yeah, I'm done. All right. This is the Talking Tactics Podcast, episode 37. Thanks for listening. Um, If you guys can get those iTunes reviews in, we will read them on the show either next week or the week after. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Talking Tactics. You can follow us on Instagram at Talking Tactics. You can follow us Facebook, Talking Tactics. And more, most importantly, follow us on SoundCloud at Talking Tactics. That way you can be abreast of everything that we drop, whether it be an extra special or the show you're listening to now. Um, you can follow us individually at Daniel to look at Hotful Box and Command Six One Six. Yeah, we do this every Tuesday. Talking about this podcast, sometimes funny, sometimes serious, but always, always football. <laughs> Why the dramatic Obama-like pauses? Anyway, appreciate it, guys. Thanks for listening. Podcast Network.